0: The fact that you are trying this hard, that you're worried about this, means that you're doing a really good job. And I I doubt that someone said that to you recently. You're doing a really good job as a mama. So give yourself grace. Maybe sometimes when he's in his room being a teenager, you take a bath, you take a nap, you read a good book, You watch a rom-com, you go on a run, you do something for yourself, he's in the room, he's doing something for himself. So maybe you don't have to feel so much guilt about it, maybe you use this as an opportunity to do something for yourself. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi, guys. It's Rach, and we're back for another episode of Ask Rach. If this is your first time joining the podcast ever. Holy crap. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If this is the first time you listen to Ask Rach, allow me a moment to explain what's about to happen. What's about to happen is I'm going to play some voicemails. And this is like old school answering machine style. Listeners of the show call in from all over the world and they ask me questions. That's why we call it Ask Rach. I'm Rach. They're about to ask. The questions are a bit of everything. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds here from the last few years, and I never know what to expect. My team will go in and they'll grab the voicemails for me. They put them in a little doc, and then they'll just give me what the topic is. So for today's episode, sometimes I like to mix it up. I have not listened to these. So you and I are going to listen to them for the first time together. Hopefully there's nothing dirty in them, or maybe there will be which could be exciting. But if you would like to ask a question on the Ask Rage hotline, you're going to call 737-400-4626. You call and leave a voicemail. You can leave it anonymously. You can give your name, your email address. You can do whatever you want. You can do it. But the idea is that most of the episodes of the show are shaped by me and what I'm interested in, But by doing this, I hope I'm able to talk about what you are interested in. So if there's something specifically you want to know, call in and ask. And if you haven't gone back and listened to past Ask Reach episodes, you totally should. Because what I find really interesting is there are all sorts of questions, but they're kind of 10 of the same topic, which – to me is like, okay, we're all dealing with the exact same stuff. But if you don't want to call in, there's a very strong chance I might've already asked your question and then you don't have to call. We're going to start with Cindy. We're just going to start with Cindy. I don't, you know, who knows what this is going to be.
1: Hi, Rachel. My name is Cindy. Um, I went to your Rise conference in Fort Myers a couple of years ago and I wanted to say thank you so much. I'm calling today because I am looking for parenting advice on how to handle teenagers. I am a single mom, but I co-parent. So my son goes back and forth 50% of the time between my house and his father's house. I find that he spends most of his time in his room watching TV, which he's a gamer. So it turns into watching guys on youtube playing video games and all this stuff watching cartoons he calls it bentley time which is his own way to decompress from the world Um, he goes to a private school which is pretty demanding he has taekwondo which he plays in the evenings so he's gone pretty much 12 hours out of the day along with myself between dropping him off at school i work full-time then we go to taekwondo then we come home We only have like two hours in the evenings when we get home to do homework and dinner and stuff like that. During this Christmas break, it has really been bothering me because I've had off from work and he has been in his room basically all day, every day this entire week. He's gone to camp and I've dragged him out of his room. Like last night, we watched a movie together, but I'm really, really struggling on what to do for the next two days. Do I take his TV out of his room? What do I do to get quality time with him? A regular schedule, not during breaks, I call it family Sundays. So on Saturday, he gets to have the day to do whatever he wants, which is code for staying in his room all day, playing video games and watching video games or just watching TV. And then on Sunday, I call it family Sunday, where we're both off the grid. No phones, no internet, no TV. We go out and we do stuff. We watch church together online. We will watch a movie in the apartment. I'm just really struggling on how to get my 11 and a half, almost 12 year old boy to spend time with me. I run a home business. I work full time. I also sell on Poshmark and eBay. So I do, you know, work from home as a side hustle. I just want to know how do you get your teenagers? out of their room and with the family. But I'm just looking for some guidance and help on how to connect with my son and what to do. if you could put this on the podcast, I would appreciate it. Thank you. So happy to hear you're rooting for us all. And we love you
0: and keep going. You're awesome. Thank you. Okay. I love this. I love our backstory, Cindy. I love all of the detail and I get it. I have a lot of thoughts, so forgive me. I'm going to go in no particular order about a lot of the things that you just said. And I think, first of all, I want you to hear that this is so normal. I think that there were a ton of parents listening to this episode who were nodding along with the things that you were saying. I definitely was. And we also can understand the desire to connect with our kids on a deeper level in a more meaningful way. So let's just start right at the top. Let's start. With recognizing that our children are individual humans just like we are. The reason I start there is because I can also get frustrated that the kids are, you know, wanting to be on, let's say, a phone or they're wanting to be gaming or they're wanting to be doing something that involves a screen. But then I think back to when I was their age. I lived in my room. And Cindy, I challenge you, like when you were a teenager, did you like hanging out in your room? I did, I like put the radio on, I painted my nails, I I just did all sorts of stuff. And I love that he knows that he needs the time to decompress because it sounds like his schedule, just like most of our kids' schedule these days, is so intense. He does need a moment to kind of shut his brain off. And I get really – I'll go through these waves where I get really like, oh, gosh, is this going to like melt their brain that they're spending so much time? Like as soon as they get home, my teenagers will – they'll walk in the door. They'll put their stuff down. Hi, how are you? Do the whole thing. And then not too long after that, they're plopped across their bed and they're watching TikTok. And there was a part of me that was really worried about what that would mean mostly because we didn't have that when we were teenagers. When we were teenagers, we went in our room and we did stuff, but we didn't necessarily go in our room and attach ourselves to technology. So we don't really have a frame of reference for what they're doing. We can't really compare. We can't go that thing that parents love to do where we say, well, this worked for me, so certainly it'll work for you. So I give myself some peace over this by Understanding that it is their way to decompress. If I ever feel like it starts to be too much, I have conversations and have had conversations with the kids, but not from a perspective of like, you shouldn't be doing this. I'll come to them and say, Man, I'm really nervous about how much time you're you're spending on a screen. And you know, their teenagers will be like, what? What's the big deal? Like, all my friends do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just, hey, here are the statistics. Like, it's proven that you're more likely to anxiety. It's proven that you're more likely to have depression. It's proven that you're less likely to try things because you're so afraid of getting anything wrong. You'll be more prone to a fear of failure if you live your life on social media. Like, I will talk them through those things. I'm like, man, do you ever go on your phone and then when you get off, you actually feel worse? And they're like, okay, yeah. So great. Okay. This is how we make inroads with, frankly, anybody, but especially with our kids is you ask questions. You ask questions and you actually allow them to give their truth, to speak their truth so that you can understand where they're coming from. Because I think the important piece here is for you to also identify what is your goal. Is your goal connection with your son? Is your goal a deeper relationship with your son or are you so worried about this because you're worried that a good mom, I'm using air quotes if you guys can't see me, that a good mom wouldn't let her kids spend this much time on a screen? A lot of times we're chasing the wrong thing. We couch it in something else. I want us to spend quality time. Is it that you want to spend quality time or is it that you – Don't really think this is what he should be spending all of his time doing. Because you said this boy is going 12 hours a day. There are 40-year-old men who aren't going 12 hours a day. Your son's going 12 hours a day. It sounds like he's putting in a ton of effort. He's getting an education. He's moving his body because he's doing Taekwondo. And I also would want to go and be by myself. Like, is he an introvert? Maybe he physically needs to separate himself from other people to fill the well back up so that he can show up the next day and perform the way he needs to. If the goal is connection, is a deeper connection with your son, which I'm sure it is, at the end of the day, we can get clouded by other details, but what we're ultimately hoping for as mamas is that, like, I want to have a great relationship with you. So if that's the case then it's about quality, not about quantity. Quality. So a couple of things I picked up on. One, you guys, it sounds like when you're with him, you're driving. You have a long commute to drive him to school. That's a fantastic time for connection. My second oldest plays baseball, and he has practiced three times a week. And I live – sometimes the practice is close to me, and sometimes it's 40 minutes away. And – I can get really grouchy about that 40-minute drive, but I swear that is when we have our best conversations. That's when he asks me things. That's when he tells me stuff that's going on with him or tells me stuff that's going on with his friends. That's when we're by ourselves. We're both facing the same direction, which I always think is really great, especially for boys, that they don't have to like look you in the eye and like have an intimate conversation. You're both facing forward and we'll just sort of talk about life. So the car can be an incredible opportunity for conversation. It maybe sounds silly, but there's this card game that I love called We're Not Really Strangers. I love We're Not Really Strangers. And it's a card deck I've played it with my kids, I've played it with my boyfriend, family members, friends, when we're when we have a crew when we're doing a production and we're all sitting on set like we have a break, I'll pull those out. They're really fun should totally get a deck, but you could pull cards from that for the trip. Give, you know, hey, Bentley, here's 10 cards. We're going to keep them in the glove compartment. And every day we drive to school, we're pulling a card, and we both have to answer truthfully. And it just ends up being this great conversation starter. I think the important thing for a lot of parents and where we get this wrong sometimes is that our kids will try and tell us the truth, and we don't want to hear it. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discovercom cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. One of my kids told me that one of his friends had had sex. A teenager had 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 sex for the first time, had lost his virginity. And everything in me like shriveled up because (laughs) I've never had this conversation before. And it's so different than how I was raised. I was raised in such a conservative home and I was raised with so much shitty belief systems about sex and body and gender and just all of this stuff. And so, of course, there were kids in high school having sex, of course there were, but I wasn't one of them. And my friends were also nerds, so they weren't one of them. And so it was just really, like, I was surprised. But it was such a piece of, like, he was making me a confidant in a way that he hadn't before. And I have tried to create a relationship with all of my kids, but especially with the teenagers, that they are allowed to tell me their truth, and I will not try and make their truth wrong. I feel like parents, like, pull a fast one. They'll say, you know, I want you to tell me what's going on. If you're ever drunk at a party, no matter what, you call me two o'clock in the morning. You no matter what, you call me, I'll come get you, right? But then maybe your kid does get drunk at a party, and they call you at two o'clock in the morning, and then they get in trouble, and you're pissed, and you ground them forever, and you're dr- and look, everybody has a different parenting style, and I'm sure there are some of you who are like, absolutely not. I heard a mom recently talking about that. She was like, absolutely not, not my son. My son is this, my son is that, my son is perfect, my son, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, God, this poor kid. This poor kid is already under so much pressure to hit an absolutely unmeetable goal. Like you have an idea in your mind of who your child is supposed to be and you will punish them if they don't show up in that way. So he told me this thing. And I was like, I mean, were they safe? Like, did they use a con? Like, I don't know. And he's like, Yeah, mom, of course. Like, you know, they're not dumb, like teenagers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's whatever. And I had a lot of thoughts and feelings about teenagers having sex with each other and how scary that is and how, like, all the things. But him admitting that to me gave us an incredible opportunity to have a conversation, and we have talked about sex so many times, but I think that was the first time that we've had a conversation about, okay, well, how old do you think is appropriate to do that? And what is a reason why you would, you know, it was a very honest conversation, and I was really proud of him for, for telling me the truth and for wanting to talk to me about that. That being said, if we want our kids' truth, we can't use it to gaslight them, Gaslighting is when someone tells you their truth and you're like, that's not true. That's not real. That's not how good girls behave. That's not how I, that's not the son I, that's not the boy I raised. That's not that. we make them feel wrong for what they feel, which is going to cause all kinds of emotional harm, but is also going to ensure that they never speak to us again. I personally think the way to get a deeper relationship with your teenagers is through conversation. And that conversation has to allow for honesty on both sides, right? So like I told him, I was like, well, this super freaks me out. And here's all the reasons this scares me. And here's all the reasons that I think this is inappropriate, but I also am not in control of other human beings. So yeah, my advice there is try and have more deep conversations with your child. And that often looks like asking a question and then shutting up. And then just being quiet and listening to what they have to say. Another great thing that I've done with teenagers, it's like probably one of the things that makes me proudest as a mom is I host a dinner, usually once a month, usually on a full moon, I host a dinner for my teenagers and their friends. And that Ends up being a whole other layer. You get to watch them interact with other people. You get to hear what's going on with their friends. Like you get to then a friend will be like, oh, and then this girl was mean and then she did. I'm like, okay, well, why was that mean? And can you think of times in your life where you probably didn't act the best and why might that have happened? And it just ends up being such a beautiful thing. I also think I want to be the house that the teenagers want to come to. I want to supply all the food, you know. Have the have the space, have the opportunity, so the teenagers want to hang out at my house because if they're hanging out at my house, they're not out doing something stupid, right? My one of my sons, oh, blessed, has a group of friends are such good kids, but they're also just dumb. You know, they're just that age; they just do dumb stuff. This is like months ago. And I said, Hey, um, we're gonna go see, I think it was like Puss in Boots or something. We're gonna go see Puss in Boots. The whole family's gonna go. We we go to the movies a lot as a family. So we're gonna go see Puss in Boots. And he's like, Um, I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm cool. And I was like, What? Because even though they're teenagers, they'll still go see an animated movie. Don't tell their friends, God forbid. Uh so he's like, I'm cool. And I'm like, No man, we're it's a family. We we're gonna go to the movie theater. And he's like, No, I'm I think. I'm fine. I don't, I'm not really feeling the movies. I'm like kind of tired and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is going on? What are you talking about? Because I could just tell it was being cagey. I'm like, what's your deal? And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of banned from the movie theater. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And y'all, I never got in trouble as I ever, ever, ever. So I'm like, oh my word, what's going on? I'm like, what do you mean you're banned from the movie theater? He's like, well, the last time we went in there, my friend was in the lobby jumping on a pogo stick and they told us we can't come back. <laughs> First of all, where would you get a pogo stick? This is, my, this is my number one question. Where do y'all find a pogo stick near the movie theater? Secondly, some poor kid, you know the manager of that movie theater is like 17 years old, like five seconds older than these people who had to come and tell you to stop being dumb and get out of his lobby. You got banned from the movie theater. There's nothing. We live in the country, bro. There's nothing to do around here. If you get banned from the movie theater, that's it. There goes your social life. You have nothing. Cause you want to jump on a pogo stick? I ended up talking to this boy's mom about this. And honestly, we were cackling. We were like, these idiots, where a pogo stick? What do you what why not? Do you have any other old school toys you want to bring into the mix? You got a you got a hula hoop you wanna do? <laughs> got some old school roller skates? Dummy. Anyway having your son's friends join you in things. On first glance, it seems like it would be less of a connection for the two of you, but actually it ends up being a way for you to go deeper. Cindy, it's really hard to be a mama. And it's really fucking hard to be a single mom. Even if you have a co-parent, it's so very difficult and you're working mom, and you're getting it done, and we can all hear how hard you're trying. The fact that you are trying this hard, that you're worried about this, means that you're doing a really good job. And I, I doubt that someone said that to you recently. You're doing a really good job as a mama. So give yourself grace. Maybe sometimes when he's in his room being a teenager, you take a bath, you take a nap, you read a good book, you watch a rom-com, you go on a run, you do something for yourself. He's in the room. He's doing something for himself. So maybe you don't have to feel so much guilt about it. Maybe you use this as an opportunity to do something for yourself. Last piece of advice. Ask your son what he thinks. Ask him what he thinks. Hey, buddy, I I worry a lot about this because we have a little amount of time together and I just feel like I miss you. I feel like I want more connection. I want us to be closer and see what he says. Is there anything that we can do together that you feel like you would really dig? Or maybe we haven't tried it yet? Or are there things that we do that you really love and I don't know about it? Ask him, how you can be closer. I saw this thing once for business. There was a leader who asked the members of his team to tell him how they were doing on a scale from one to 10. And, you know, okay, give me honest feedback. How am I doing as a boss on a scale of one to 10? How am I doing? And they would give him the number and he'd be like, okay, what do I have to do to get to 10? And I loved this idea. So I did it with my kids. And I went around and they all sort of like giggled and they're like, what mom, like you're great. And I'm like, no, no, be real. On a scale of one to 10, how am I doing? And one of them gave me a 10, which is my oldest. And we're, I mean, I'm close to all my kids, but I'm very close to my oldest. So I was like, honestly, even if I wasn't at a 10, maybe you wouldn't tell me. <laughs> so I asked the other three, well, Noah's not old enough, but the two other boys both gave me a nine. And I was like, okay. And they were like, felt sort of nervous. But the moment that I said, what can I do to get to a 10? Their eyes lit up. Like their whole energy changed. It was really beautiful because at least from my perspective, the look on their face was like, oh, she cares. She cares what I think about how she's doing. And I remember my 10-year-old said that he wanted me to watch more. Like he loves when we watch movies or he loves when we do things together. And he was like, I want to do that more. I love when we do that. And I'm like, okay, great. That's so easy. And then – The 14 year old said he liked, like, when we do things, like, when we go, his both the love languages here are quality time, by the way. So he said, like, when we go out to dinner, when we go to a restaurant, when like I plan a thing that he and I get to do together, that makes him feel really loved. Y'all, those are the easiest things. You're telling me that all I got to do to for you to feel more love is the simplest stuff in the world, okay, done. What if the connection that you're looking for with your son, for anyone listening, with your partner, with your parents, with your best friend, with your sister, with your coworkers, what if the connection you're looking for is actually way easier to get than you think? What if you just ask? Cindy, I really appreciate the question and I appreciate your vulnerability. And I love that you went to Rise, Florida. That was such a special group. I miss, I miss the Rise girls. Someday we'll all be back together again. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And it says she wants to ask about cycles and there's almost nothing I love talking about more than my uterus, my period, the cycle, all of it, because learning this piece changed my freaking life. So let's hope that Shay has a very good question about this so we can all have a uterus combo together. Hey, Rach. This is Shay.
2: I was calling because I am wondering if you track your cycle or hormones by the moon with the moon cycle. Um, I've been hearing more about this, like witchy stuff. And, um, I just recently came off of birth control after like uh, six years or something. And I'm just now getting into the flow, if you will. And I'm trying to like relearn my body and my cycle. And like, I feel like I haven't known my cycle since before I had a kid really. So this is kind of, brand new to me um, again. So, and I have way more information now, thanks to people like you and a lot of resources, but I've also been reading up on like the cycle of the moon. And even if you don't follow the moon cycle, like you're not getting your period with the new moon or the full moon or whatever. I'm just wondering if you are looking at that and using those things as reference. And I would love to hear more about that. Cause I feel like sometimes You look at the moon cycle and how we could be feeling based on that, but then that might be different than what our menstrual cycles are saying. So I'm just super curious about all this and wondering if you're into that. And if you've already addressed it, then sorry, my bad. I need to go back and
0: listen to that episode. Thanks. Have a good one. Okay. Shay, first of all, never apologize. I literally wrote a book. It wasn't called Never Apologize, but never apologize for asking a question. I have talked about cycles quite a lot and hormones quite a lot. I have a fantastic episode for Shay and for anybody else who hasn't yet heard it. For Shay and for anybody else who wants to hear the conversation I had with my hormone doctor, this woman literally changed my life through natural supplements and knowledge. And, oh, my hormones were so out of whack. If you're interested in this at all, please go listen. It is episode 289. Dr. Julie Brush. That's 289. But let's you and I talk. Let me tell you what's going on. First of all, I'm incredibly passionate about women understanding what their body is naturally supposed to be doing, as well as women understanding how much birth control can absolutely destroy what your body is naturally supposed to do. I spent most of my life, I would say up until two and a half years ago, three years ago, not at all understanding my cycle. I didn't know that men are the ones who establish a circadian rhythm. A circadian rhythm is 24 hours. So our entire world, our structure, everything is built around a circadian rhythm. What will happen in a 24-hour period? Why? Because men are on a circadian rhythm and men establish the world. So we still do things based on a 24-hour loop. But women, we don't, become a whole new person every 24 hours. Our bodies work on an infradian rhythm, which is about a month long. So who you are on week one of your cycle is very different than who you are on week three of your cycle. We all know this. If you slow down and pay attention, actually I shouldn't say that. We might not all know this. I didn't know this. When once a month I would feel like I was absolutely going crazy when I would feel hopeless, when I would feel like everything was so hard, when I would feel super irritable, when all of these things popped up for me, and it wasn't PMS because I wasn't near my period. I just assumed I'm going crazy literally. I'm not I'm not being sarcastic. I really thought that I was developing mental illness, which runs in my family. That I wouldn't be able to come back from because I was like, well, nothing's going on with my hormones because it's not PMS. Bullshit. Your hormones are at play every single freaking day of every single month and different hormones show up in different ways. So for me, what I later realized was when I was having that massive spike of hormones that made me feel like life was terrible and hard and everyone hates me and my kids are the worst and the whole thing, can I get a witness? Like, if you've ever felt like that, there is a point in your cycle, usually day 19 to day 21, where you have a hormone spike. And when that hormone spike happens, it makes you feel like a lunatic. But if you don't know what's going on, also lunatic is based on a lunar. Anyway, I'm getting, it doesn't matter. Okay. Don't go too deep. Stay, stay here. Stay here, Rich. Anyway, in Freudian Rhythm, Every single week of our cycle, different things are happening. One of my favorite books to read on this topic is called Period Power by Maisie Hill. And the reason I love that book is because it paints our cycle through the lens of you have almost like a superpower that you could harness every single week of your cycle. If you've never tracked your period, your cycle starts the first day that you bleed. Not the first day that you spot, but the first day that you significantly bleed, that is day one and you start counting from there. When I had never tracked my cycle before, I just tracked it in my phone. I literally put day one, felt like this. Day two, felt like this. Day three, felt like this. Day four, super hungry, ate everything in sight. Day five, like I, I tracked any significant emotional feeling that I had. If I was really hungry, if I was really sleepy, if I had insomnia, if I had cramps, I tracked it all. And I did this for about six months just in the notes on my phone because it was always easy to access. And what was great was then when I would have these moments where I'm like, life's hard, everyone hates me, or like, why am I so bloated? Or why is this happening? Why is this happening? I could go back to that same day from the previous month or the month before that and be like, oh, this always happens on day 20. Always, or this always happens. I always get insomnia during this week. So it just helped me to become aware of what my body was doing so that I could navigate around it. And I'm really privileged in that I make my own schedule. So if I'm aligned with my cycle, I can be aware to not book a really intense project or something really hard in a week where my body is just not going to have as much energy for it. So for instance, the week you are ovulating. The week you are ovulating is also the week you have the most energy. Your skin usually looks the best. People will be like, oh, she's glowing. She's got this, this vitality. This She's just got this something extra. Yeah, it's the hormones in your body that are trying to attract a mate so that you can put a baby in this uterus that's working so hard with all these hormones. So it's amazing because if you know that, you're like, this is the week for the pitch meeting. This is the week that I try and do a big sale. This is the week that I really focus in on my project. Or maybe it's the week of your actual period. And you use that time. That's when we tend to be more introspective. We're usually very grounded during that week. We're more present in the space. And you could look at that and be like, oh, I like, I'm sluggish or I'm this or I can't believe and not see the incredible power that you have in going with your flow. There's also a good book by Lisa Vitti called In the Flow. And she has a ton of resources on this subject. But arm yourself with the knowledge of how powerful your body is. I realize in retrospect that for from the time I was 12 until I was 37, I was essentially fighting my body every single month. Every single month, I would get my period and I would get pissed off. Every single month. I would be like, oh God, this, like so frustrated, so mad. Like what does that do to us psychologically that we think something's wrong with us, that we don't want to talk about it? I honestly, I was just, I'm, I'm working on a keynote. I'm going to more on this soon but i'm going to do a tour this summer there's a lot of cities i didn't get to go to when i did the tour a few months back so we're going to roll out some new cities and i was working through what i wanted to talk about and i was just like i have to talk about periods for a second because it's nuts at some point if you have a uterus it is likely not saying everybody but it's very likely that you will bleed. Over half of the world's population this happens to. And the half of the world's population that this happens to is also the people who make the other humans, right? We're going through this to make other, whether you choose to have a child or not, that is what your body's trying to do. It was like, hey, I could, you can put a baby in here if you want to, whatever. Like no big deal. If you don't, it's fine. I'll just bleed everywhere. It's fine. We are all going through this. But humans don't have, there's nobody has information about it. No, I was laughing, like crying, laughing, thinking about how nobody taught me to put a tampon in. Back when I was like 13, I was so sick of using pads and I knew tampons existed, but I didn't know how. And I grew up in a group and a family where you did not talk about those things, I had two older sisters and a mom, and nobody told me anything, nothing, nothing about like, Hey, this is what you should do so you don't bleed out. And this is what you should do. So, no, you know me, guys. I'm a fixer. Okay. So I didn't want to wear pads. I was like, what are these things? What is this cotton thing? But if you don't know what's going on and you don't know your anatomy, you're essentially like stabbing yourself with a cotton knife. You're just like stab stabbing, stabbing, stabbing because you think that your vagina goes straight up inside of you and actually goes back. But you don't know that if nobody teaches you. And they damn sure didn't teach you that in sex ed. In sex ed, they taught us about, you know, the fallopian tubes and the egg and the penis and the sperm and like all of this stuff that was not in any way relevant to my 12-year-old self. My 12-year-old self would have loved like, here's a model. I'm not a model. That might be weird. Here's a dummy. And this is how you put you know pad with wings on some chonies or like here's some tampons here's like a fake vagina this is what you're going to do how about the fact that you put that tampon in and like you know i'm not I, did i know that the applicator was supposed to come out no no i did not and i couldn't figure i like got it up there finally and then was like surely this like cotton stick with these hard ridges, like this isn't supposed to just hang out of my business. All the- What? it? I mean, I must've been in that bathroom for hours, just like hemorrhaging blood and like trying to figure it out. And I remember when I finally figured out tampons, my best friend Kim was like, you have to tell me because she didn't want to wear pads either. I remember standing outside the door to the bathroom and Kim was crying. And she was like, there's no hole. There is no hole. Rachel, I can't. You don't. I'm like, I swear there's a hole. I didn't think there was a hole. There's a hole. Nuts. It is nuts. What was I reading the other day? Oh, a great book. Uh, I think it's I'll show myself out. Jesse Klein, I think I shared it on Instagram. But she tells a story about like, explain to me why. When I was in sex ed as a little kid, I had to learn about boys having nighttime emissions, but nobody talked to us about birth. It's nuts. I mean, I could go on this topic forever. Unfortunately, we live in a society that does not educate us about the most basic uses of our body. And unfortunately, we live in, at least me, a country that wants to medicate everything most especially things that are just your body naturally doing what it's supposed to do. And I know that for a lot of people, birth control can be a godsend, right? It can be huge because they don't wanna have any more kids or they don't wanna have kids at all or they're not ready to have kids and that's really helpful. The problem is that we are not given enough information about how taking birth control, either orally or through an IUD or through a patch or through a shot, can mess up and does mess up our body's natural hormone. The idea, I swear I'm gonna get off the soapbox soon, the idea, you know those things where it's like you you could get your period once a quarter or whatever? I can't even think of what they're called. Or basically it's like, oh, you don't get your period regularly, you'll just get it once a quarter. Or in what world would a medical professional think that that is okay? in what world would your body have a natural way of functioning and you just shut it off and think that there will be no ramifications the amount of women i know that have struggled so desperately to have babies after they got off birth control to get their hormones in check after they got off birth control Like, we've all just become accustomed to this idea that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on the birth control. It's going to make me batshit crazy. I'm not going to have any moisture during sex anymore. I'm going to be super dry, probably going to be bloated, but like, at least I won't get pregnant because we're not taught any alternatives. Your body is incredible. And every single month when you get your period, your body is doing what it is meant to do. Shifting it from something bad is happening to, oh, okay, yeah, good work. Good work, uterus. Good work, everybody. Way to be. Thank you. And accepting it is life-changing from an emotional perspective. And I think from a loving-yourself perspective, but also I think my periods are better I have less cramping. I'm less stressed about it. Like all the things that were affecting me negatively when my period came went away as I started to embrace the fact that they were supposed to be there in the first place. Yes, I track my cycle. I started by doing it just in the notes section, Shay. When I finally got off all birth control and started to track was the first time that I realized... That I get my period at the full moon, which I feel like is some super witchy shit, and I love it. Like, okay, yes, the moon is calling. It also is great because the full moon absolutely affects us as human beings. That just, it does. It affects the tide. We are mostly made of water. When you feel super weird and out of sorts and crazy stuff happens at the full moon, that is why. So I just like that, you know, that's when my period decides to come as well. It's also, I think, a really beautiful time for reflection. Y'all have maybe heard me talk about my full moon ritual and how every full moon I ask myself, you know, is there anything that I need to let go of? What do I need to let go of in order to become a better version of myself? And I feel like because I'm on my period, which is about release, you spend an entire lunar cycle like – Coming back to this point where now it's time to release. So it just feels like it has a lot of emotional, spiritual meaning for me that it didn't used to. I highly encourage all of you to do your research, talk to your doctor, but more specifically, talk to a doctor who's a natural path, not just your regular OBGYN, because it is really scary to me how much we are prescribed medicine. Oh, so scary to me, especially when it comes to hormones. You know, and I saw that video from when I saw that video from Haley Bieber, like two years ago, a year ago, about how she went on birth control for the first time and had a stroke. She was like twenty four. She had a stroke because she had a pre-existing condition where she should never have been on birth control. But we all just think it's super safe. It's not a big deal. and her doctor didn't check. She had a stroke. It could have been horrific. You owe it to yourself to arm yourself with personal knowledge, but to also make sure that whenever possible, you are talking to a doctor, being treated by a doctor that's not just someone writing a prescription, but someone who's actually listening and hopefully giving you 15 ideas that you can try before you go to a prescription that will affect the way your cycle is naturally supposed to be. And I will slide my soapbox out of the way and we'll carry on with our day. Guys, that's today's episode of Ask Rage. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. Thanks for talking to me. If you have a question, and I feel like you must, you hung out for a whole episode talking about periods and teenagers and not necessarily in that order. If you have a question, you're going to call 737-400-4626 leave it anonymously, leave it with your name. But I'd love to make this show about you and what you were interested in talking about. So let me know how I can help. I will be back soon with more information. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.
1: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education.